everybody. Welcome to episode 18 of Not a Rocking Chair Librarian. This is Zoe Midler, Digital Literacy Specialist for the Boulder Valley School District. Today, our guest on Not a Rocking, Not a Rocking Chair Librarian is Todd Burleson. He's a teacher, maker, and librarian at the Hubbard Woods School in Winnetka, Illinois. He's also the 2016 School Library Journal Librarian of the Year. Todd is also an author. He's the author of the Green Screen Maker Project Book, a wonderful resource for those of you interested in doing more things with green screening and video production. A quick search on Amazon for the Green Screen Maker Project Book will bring this title up for you. Todd is really a Renaissance librarian. I don't know any better way to describe him. We have become good friends over the past few months because Todd is going to be a keynote speaker for Boulder Valley School District on July 31st during Innovate at BVSD, a locally grown in our backyard two-day professional learning event for educators in Boulder Valley School District and all along the Front Range of Colorado. Uh, for the past few months, Todd has been talking with me and my partners in crime and planning Innovate at BVSD, Shauna Polson and Aubrey Yeh, about the four C's, which will be the theme of Innovate at BVSD this year, with a special emphasis on creativity. And we've been having discussions with Todd about creativity, how do we define creativity, what does creativity look like um, on a day-to-day -day basis in a K-12 classroom, and why is it difficult sometimes for us to see ourselves in a creative light. Um, so we're gonna be talking with Todd about that in just a couple of seconds, so stay tuned. Um, make sure you tune in to Todd's podcast, the Jiffy Pop podcast. He just started um, that effort with a colleague and we'll be talking more about that in, um, in the course of our conversation with Todd, so stay tuned. Hi, Zoe. Hey, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. Uh, sorry about that. I got a, a, another phone call came in at the exact same time, so it got disconnected. Well, of course it did. It's Friday the 13th. Did you notice that? <laughs> I did not. No, thank you. Thanks for pointing that out. So now we have that as a way to get us off the hook for all the weird <laughs> things that will happen on this attempt at using Anchor today. <laughs> Um, you know, Todd, I, I'll, I'll have already recorded an intro, um, okay. so people will know who you are, so we can kind of just jump into our conversation. Um, could you let everybody know where you're located? Sure. Um, I work in Winnetka, Illinois, which mm -hmm. is a northern suburb of Chicago, um, but I actually live in Kenosha, Wisconsin, which is about an hour north of where I work. I didn't know you lived in Kenosha. I do, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, well, you know, I think we've had this conversation. I was born and bred in the Midwest, born in Chicago, and, you know, lived in Champaign-Urbana most of my life, and very, very familiar with uh, uh, northern Chicago and, of course, uh, southern Wisconsin, which is really just a part now of Chicago, right? It, it is. It's like a mega, <clears throat> I think it's a, you know, the, a megalopolis, I think is what they call it now. Yeah, that's true. Good. I haven't heard that word in a while. I'm going to have to work <laughs> that in next week into a meeting or something. Okay. Um, I wanted to um, chat with you a bit about... Um, obviously, you know, you're coming out for Innovate at BVSD, which will happen on July 30th and 31st. And that's sort of our Boulder Valley School District in your backyard professional development event. Um, it attracts, you know, all of our kind of uh, BVSD educators and people from the front range. And um, about what was it like January, February? It seems like a million years ago, but Ethan Heisey at Mackin kind of did a virtual introduction of the two of us mm -hmm. um, because I was looking for someone to come out and deliver a keynote for our, our folks at BVSD. And we started to have some initial conversations after Ethan introduced us. Um, and what, one of the things that we talked about with you, and I say we, I'm talking about my 
partners in crime, um, Shauna Polson and Aubrey Yeh, who are actually um, helping plan innovate. Um, but we had some initial conversations with you about what, you know, what we should be talking about. And the conference is going to have a, definitely an emphasis on the four C's, but maybe even a little more emphasis on the creativity part of the four C's. Yes. So, so we started having conversations about that. So I just wanted to take a minute to sort of reflect on the conversations that we've been having over the past few months and kind of, you know, have you give us not, you know, I don't want to really call it a sneak peek because I don't want to put you on the spot about what you, you know, I like, I like when speakers come in and, you know, we maybe have a really high level view of what they might be talking about. So I know you've been doing a lot of research. You've been thinking about this a lot. You just came off of ISTE. You know, you are um, definitely a mover and shaker. You have a lot of followers. You're a thought leader. So I kind of wanted to just have you, you know, wax eloquently (laughs) about where your head is at with this thought, this topic of creativity and K through 12 librarianship and creativity in the classroom. I know it's really big. So, you know, you can really take that anyway, anywhere we want to. Sure. Uh, I I think, you know, as you mentioned, I I have been doing a lot of reading and researching on this topic. And the thing that I've come away with probably like my, my big takeaway is just really a definition of what creativity is. Cause I think that um, I'm guilty of this. And I think most of us are guilty that when you really kind of, if, if you were put in on a, on the spot and had to kind of think about, give me someone who is creative. I think your first initial reaction is going to be, you know, a famous artist or a musician or someone who produces something magnificent. And my, my takeaway from everything that I've been exploring is really that that's one side of creativity, but there is a whole other component of creativity, which is you, you, we don't often don't think of it, but someone who creates a magnificent computer code or, um, who creates a dynamic plan for, you know, a meeting or for a, an event. To me, that is just as much creativity as the person who creates the masterpiece. Um, and so really kind of re-examining what that definition of creativity is, is part of what I want to, to kind of bring to BVSD is to really, I guess in, in another way to say that is to remind people that there's creativity within all of us. And it's just a matter of recognizing it and giving, giving voice to that creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's interesting that you talk about, um, you know, I, how do I want to put this? Um, I think there's baggage associated with the word creativity, right? I mean, you're right. Like the first thing you think of is uh, the famous artist or somebody who produced something sort of in the, along the lines of art. Yeah. I, you I know? hear that all the time. Oh, I'm yeah. not creative. I'm not creative. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I'm not, I, you know, I'm not an artist. Um, but that, but that's only one side of what creativity is or one component of creativity. You know, people don't, people don't often think of themselves as creative, but yet they solve problems in unique and fantastic ways every day. Um, you know, every teacher I've ever met is creative. Um, some of them would say, oh, but I, you know, I can't draw a circle. Um, or, you know, I couldn't, I can't come, you know, I can't carry a tune. Um, and yet teachers solve problems with their students and, and brings problems to their students and with their students every day. And to me, that's just as much a symbol of creativity or a, a type of creativity um, as a magnificent piece of art. How do we get them to see that? <laughs> well, you know, obviously, if, if I could answer that right now, that would probably, I, there, 
we wouldn't be talking right now. But, um, <laughs> you know, I think, I think calling it out, I mean, and, right. and, and showing them, I think, I think what I hope to do at BVSD is to show them some examples of creativity that are not your typical creative mm. um, work. And, you know, pulling some people from leading in, leading people in industry and in mathematics mm. and science um, who've made just as magnificent creations that have saved millions of lives or have made millions of lives better. And, you know, kind of highlighting that these are also points of creativity. Right. And, and yet also, so are the little things that you do in your classroom every day with your students. Yeah, I think there's just elegant solutions happening all the time, whether they're teacher constructed or student constructed or teacher and student constructed or, mm -hmm. you know, collaboratively with students. I think they're around us all the time. And I think for me, what I remember from my days as a teacher librarian, it was that when I would go, when I would look at a curriculum map and I would approach the teachers about doing something maybe a little differently so the students could demonstrate mastery in a different way where their voice was really engaged and sort of they were in charge of the project. You know, I was always told, well, that's going to take so much more time. So yeah. I always I always think that, you know, when they hear the word creativity or we're going to produce something at the end that's different than the thing I've always done, it's going to take more time. And, right. I, and, I, and I feel like, you know, if they could just like you said, if they could just see the things they're doing on a daily basis that are creative, mm -hmm. then maybe they wouldn't view everything that you come to with them as this brand new idea and it's going to take additional time. And, and also it's a little scary, right? Like, you know, I don't know how to use that or I'm not sure how that really integrates. So, um, you know, the time thing has always been the pushback that I always got on, you know, sort of thinking about creative, what, what I could consider more creative in that, in that sort of um, traditional sense where it's, you know, it maybe seemed a little more artsy <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Than, than probably they've thought about doing in the past. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I th also think in some ways, you know, it can free them up and actually take less time. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if, if you've got a predefined kind of end product, if you will, because I think that's where a lot of people see creativity as an end product. Unfortunately, I think it's actually the process, which is really met the, the, the marker of the creativity. If, you know, I, I'm trying to think of the of a perfect example. And one I saw last year was a classroom teacher who was doing a, you know, a very typical diorama kind of project at the mm -hmm. end of a book kind of thing. And I heard a student who wanted to um, explore green screen. And what they ended up doing was creating a, a diorama that had a green background. And they actually put themselves inside their diorama um, and turned that into, you know, a video of their diorama. And what was amazing about that is the kid did that all independent of the teacher. Um, she, like he didn't speak with the teacher about it other than saying, this is the idea that I had. Um, and so the kid, because that was their interest, turned that into something that I thought was, you know, a, a much more creative exploration of the topic because they were interacting with the characters in their diorama and I think it kind of opened the teacher's eyes like whoa mm -hmm. dude, this could be something different and I don't know that she would have saw that or even thought of it if it wasn't for the kid kind of coming up with that um, way to interact with it with the diorama 
Uh, and that was true. I mean, I, I recall that too. Like a lot of times it was, I had to build the exemplar of what the thing mm-hmm. looked like on the back end because they couldn't kind of visualize that Right. because right. the deliverable had always been done a particular way. Um, and I, I think it's really important that you reminded us about that. You know, the process is just as important as the product. And I think the process sometimes can be messy. And that's where people get really itchy and scratchy because they don't think of Picasso ever having been messy in the process, mm. right? Mm. You know, right, right. or if somebody's writing an elegant piece of code, they don't know that that code probably went through a lot of revisions and iterations. And, you know, the QA managers probably threw out a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, so you're right. I mean, I think that, that maybe, maybe it's less about the end product and wow, you know, how am I going to get them there? Because messy is not, messy can sometimes take time. Right. Yeah. And yeah. And we and I think we have to be cognizant of that when we're when we're kind of pitching these new ideas to some of the teachers. I'm, I'm talking about the teacher librarians who, you know, I've just come off ISTE and I found this amazing tool and we have to use it. Wait a minute. <laughs> what does that look like? You know, what does yes. it look like on a day to day basis? And so you have to be sort of subtle in that pitch and also probably have spent a little bit of time with it just to understand how messy that process is going to be and maybe kind of iron out some of the messiness. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. I and I, 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 you, you just said a really important word to me. And um, I think, I think we've kind of pegged my keynote as <laughs> sub- subversive creativity. Yes. That's and, right. and so I'm, I'm looking forward to kind of playing with that a little bit, but um, I, I shared that with one of my administrators the other day and she kind of looked at me sideways and she said, subversive, that sounds really negative. Ah. And I, I said, interesting. I have never thought of the word subversive in a negative light. And she said, maybe what you mean is subtle. And I, and I thought that's probably in a way a better word for it. But to me, subversive really just means kind of counter counterintuitive is the way, is the way I think of it. But I do think subtle is probably a smoother way to say that. Um, And, and I do think that, you know, as an educator and I think all, all, all teacher librarians probably experience this as well, that, um, teaching, you know, one of my key ways of getting technology into classrooms is teaching children. And then children take that technology back into their classrooms. Right. And that then kind of diffuses the teacher in, in a way because they don't have to be the expert any longer. Yeah. They, can, they can allow the child to be the teacher. And to me, that's the most beautiful thing of all is when, the, when a child is teaching not only their peers, but in some ways teaching the teacher. Right. And we, we used to, uh, uh, when I was doing this, I used to call it covert creativity. Yeah. Ah, okay. <laughs> I like that too. Because, yeah. because, you know, through the introduction of uh, an idea into something that had been done in a really standard way all the time, what mm-hmm. I found is I was exposing, I was helping to expose the teacher and the students to an, a myriad of different things, not just the technology, but all the four C's. Um, mm-hmm. I used to document all the ISTE standards we were hitting along the way, in addition to the curriculum standards. And I also did things like technology standards. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, like technology skill standards we wanted students to be exposed to, like if we were, especially as a Google app school. So yeah, I, I agree with you. Subversive, like the word creative, has baggage and it's not always positive baggage. <laughs> comes along with that. Yeah, part. that's true. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, that's a that's a great way to think yeah. about it. I, I think, uh, you know, as the baggage that comes with a, with a word, we often kind of, you know, maybe we like to think of things in the most positive light, or I like yeah. to. And, and I think that 
sometimes that's not how all of us kind of come at it. You know, you're right. You're right. Well, I am super excited for this talk. I mean, we are, we are just a, like a a couple weeks away, if not, yeah, just a little over a couple weeks away. So I'm really excited about it. So um, thank you for letting me kind of, you know, get a glimpse into where you're, you know, where where your thinking's headed with this. And and I'm Mm -hmm. sure that um, all of the podcast listeners um, who, especially those who are going to be attending, well, this will be a great, like I said, sneak peek into what's going to, what's going to happen. Um, I have one additional question for you today. Sure. Because I get you, I'm going to keep you for a while. Um, I just wanted to have you give us an update on how the idea lab is going. Um, You know, that's your makerspace in your school and, you know, what's next? What are you seeing and, and what are you learning? And, you know, where, where are your thoughts right now? Um, well, it's interesting you asked that question because um, School Library Journal just asked that same question of me this morning <laughs> um, as, they're, as, they're, as they're getting ready to um, announce the 2000, I guess it would be 2018 School Librarian of the Year. They're doing a little bit of a reflection from all of the past School Librarians of the cool. Year. And one of the, they asked for three things that I'm kind of looking forward to this upcoming school year. And I'm going to coach or couch a little bit of that because I didn't say this in the SLJ thing, but this year in our school, we're going to have for the first time a um, technology integration specialist. Um, And so for all of my career, I've been in charge of all books and all bytes in my building. So if it plugs in or you can read it, I was responsible for it. Mm. And now we're going to have this new technology integration specialist who is going to be working side by side with me and we're going to be sharing the maker space. And so it's brand new. We, we've never had this and we're going to be kind of um, figuring it out as we go this year. But I'm amazingly excited about my colleague, Billy Spicer, who is going to be joining me. And so I'm excited to think about how that impacts and will um, how it will influence what happens in that space. Hmm. What I'm really most excited about is the opportunity to have um, the flexibility that having two people in one space gives. So that you know, I, I know you know this, Zoe, that when you're teaching a group, you're, you know, when you're trying to get all your students using Google Docs or Google Classroom, for example, it's really difficult if you only see them once a week. Um, you know, it takes, what, a month to get four hours of instruction or even, maybe not even four hours, but a chunk of instruction on how to use Google Docs. And by the time they see you the next week, they've forgotten 30% of what they've, they've learned the week True. before. And with having the second person, what we're, what we're planning to do is really do a blitz and have uh, one of us be in their classroom for a week for 40 minutes a day and get them up and running on Google Docs, for example, or get them up and running on Seesaw um, so that they have that mastery from the beginning and then watch where that goes. Um, and the same thing with teacher instruction. You know, if, we're, if we want to help teachers to become proficient in Google Classroom, we can get in there and do lessons with them every day for a week, two weeks, whatever it takes in our schedule to make that happen. So that, that's one thing I'm really excited about. The, um, the other thing I'm, I'm excited about with regard to our makerspace this year is we're opening it up in ways that we've never done before. Um, I, my lunchtime was always at the exact same time as the kids. And so uh, that was often a time, the only time actually when I could meet with teachers or that was often my prep time, to be honest. 
Um, and so this year now with having that second person, we can kind of um, piggyback our lunches in a way that allows us to open up our makerspace before school, at lunch, and after school. And we've never been able to do that before. And so we're really looking forward to seeing how we can be flexible with that time and have um, specific groups. So we, we know we have a disparity between our boys and girls and our STEM classes, particularly from middle school on. And so we want to encourage um, girls, for example, in coding and girls in robotics, um, and then also have some flexible times where kids can come in and work on passion projects um, during the day outside of their typical makerspace time. So I'm, I'm very excited about that. And then the third thing is we, we've had, um, we had, we are, we're a small district. We only have three elementary schools and our two other elementary schools had their librarians retire this year. And so we've hired, um, we're in the process of hiring one more, but we've hired some amazing um, young people who are coming in with, you know, phenomenal ideas of their own and are, are already in the, have the great team spirit that, that we're looking for. And so we're excited to be doing some cross-district initiatives that we've never been able to do before, um, just, just because of planning and, and time and, um, and sort of getting into our own routines of the way we do things. And so I'm massively excited to bring some ideas across our district. We're thinking about um, doing a district-wide student film fest this mm-hmm. year that includes kindergarten all the way up to eighth grade. And most film fests that I've, I've seen have, you know, they usually are fourth through eighth or maybe fourth through twelfth. And even though um, the Global Student Voice Film Fest, which was which premiered at ISTE this year, was open from K to 12, I didn't see any entries oh. that were that were K-4. Um, and maybe maybe K-3. I think there was a fourth grade entry, but I did not see any early elementary entries in the finals. And so I know what my kids have been able to do when I've given them just a brief introduction to tools like stop motion. They can tell amazing stories and in, in, in truly, truly share their passion and voice. And I want them to be able to do that via film. And so we are excited to bring this idea of a film fest to our district. We're even hoping that we can expand it to our township. Um, and, uh, you know, eventually, you know, we were hoping that we can bring it to we, what we call ICE, which is the Illinois Computing Educators um, Conference. We want to bring it to make it a state contest as well. And eventually, you know, who knows, maybe we can bring them to ISTE as well. But um, starting at our own school in our township, um, is where we're hoping to go for that. So those are three things that I'm really excited about for this upcoming school year. Well, I'm excited about the, just hearing. I mean, I, <laughs> I am hearing all these great words, you know, blitz, subversive, covert, messy, film fest. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, tons of collaboration is going to be happening. And I think the mm-hmm. addition of Billy Spicer will be really great because you're just going to have another brain to bounce things off of that are sort of like, you know, it's in your space, like literally in your space. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and we have, uh, you know, unfortunately, we don't have a Billy Spicer at each building, mm-hmm. but we have a tech specialist who is uh, <laughs> kind of teasing. I mean, Billy's, Billy's awesome, but we don't have clones of him. Yeah. We have also awesome people that are going to be in each of the other schools that will be doing the same role. And so now, really, from a team of three librarians, we've now upped it to six tech specialists and librarians who are going to be collaborating 
across our whole district. So we're, we're really excited about that opportunity. Well, and you guys are making the investment. And I think that says a lot, you know, cause we're, we're seeing, we're sure. seeing other districts right now eliminate some of those. I know, um, I know not I know. only eliminate their librarians, but we're watching them eliminate their educational technology groups, um, which know. is really unfortunate. So, um, you know, good on you guys for, um, putting, putting your money in the right place. I know the return on investment will be significant. So um, that's something you should definitely be talking about at ICE and you should be definitely talking about at ISTE after you come off this experience. Yes. You know, that, yes. I mean, there's cases to be made. And like you said, we just don't talk about it enough. And, right. Know, think, right. I agree. And I think um, that leads me into the fact that you have this wonderful new podcast yourself, the GIF. Yay. <laughs> I know. Thank you. Thank you. For, thank you for inspiring me. Oh, that's um, quite flattering. Um, but uh, it's, you know, using Anchor has made it really easy to do this kind of citizen journalism that, you know, I it has. Um, I haven't played with all the new features on the iPad yet, but um, I'm still doing it on my phone. But um, I'm excited about that. I listened to your inaugural podcast. It's the Jiffy Pop podcast for those of you who are looking for it. Um, and <laughs> it is done between you and Jen. Do you want to give Jen a little plug here? Absolutely. Yes. So um, Dr. Jen Calido um, has spent the last year and a half um, working with me at Hubbard Woods, and she really kind of came in um, as a tech um, associate is what the technical term was. She was so much more than that. I mean, she she is so overqualified and she knew that coming in. But I told I told, I mean, she has her Ph.D., for goodness sake. Um, but she's she, I, you know, I kind of um, I kind of. I would say bribed <laughs> that's, that's too strong of a word, but I encouraged her to come in and, you know, work here with me for the last year and a half because I knew that she needed that experience really to be able to launch out on her own. Mm -hmm. And it, it paid off for her in spades because she just received her own um, library this past spring. And she's going to be a teacher librarian in the Skokie school district here in Illinois. Wow. So yeah, so she's, she is on fire. She's going to be an amazing collaborator and librarian. And this was kind of our, as you mentioned, our inaugural podcast where we hope to be able to continue the dialogue that happened every day in our, in our space. We call it the Jiffy Pop podcast because when the two of us are around, it's kind of like an old fashioned Jiffy Pop. Oh, yeah. You know, you, you get one idea going and then it pops off the other mm -hmm. and it just gets bubbling up. And that's kind of how our relationship has been is one of just, um, feeding one another's creativity and inspiring one another. And so we hope across this now distance that we're going to be, we won't be in the same building anymore, but we hope to continue this conversation um, on a weekly, bi-weekly basis. But then also each of us will be expanding and doing interviews and discussions with thought leaders and um, uh, other librarians or people in the kind of in the industry that are, um, interesting to us that we think would be inspiring to other teacher librarians or just people who are working with children. It's not necessarily only limited to teacher librarians, but we're very, very excited. Um, you have Jiffy Pop as your visual. For me, it's always been fireworks. Um, uh, there's certain people I get around um, and I have these moments where it's just, okay, you know, that one went off and now another one's going off. <laughs> and I also talk about my Trask radio moments a lot from the movie Working Girl in the 80s. There's this scene where, you know, somebody says, well, where did you get this idea? How did it come about? But anyway, for those of you who know that movie, you'll get the reference, but I have a lot of Trask radio moments. So it's either Jiffy <laughs> Pop now I'm going to add to my 
my uh, my visuals for idea generation. Um, well, I'm looking really forward to it, and I, I kind of feel like a lot of us are in this space right now where we you know we have this great tool that allows us to you know on the fly do these kinds of interviews, grab this particular person, talk to these students or parents, or um, so I'm I'm really I'm super excited about where this is headed. I have to tell you, I'm I'm not thinking about blogging as much. I'm thinking about doing this more. I I you know that was actually what kind of sold me on the idea. I, I find that blogging to me can be, it, I think it, it has something to do with the fact that I'm still hung up on wanting to make sure that it is my absolute best work that I put out there. And so I'll often like, you know, let a, let a post sit for a day or two and ruminate on it and come back to it. And, you know, and where is this for good or bad, you kind of, you record it. <laughs> There's only certain, you know, editing tools that you have, and then you send it out there. Um, it's just, I think, a bit more um, at the speed that I need it to be for for me right now in my particular level of of, uh, of production, I guess. I, you know, I don't have the time necessarily to blog as much. Yeah. Um, I find Twitter to be one of the most amazing tools because it's like a, it is a micro blog. Yeah. And I can say something quick and, and get it out there. Um, I do want to say that one of the things I'm starting, what we're hoping to do is we're going to create a separate web page yeah. um, that is going to be our show notes where we'll list, you know, things that we talked about during the podcast. Um, and that's something I, that I know I particularly like when I listen to a podcast on the radio or on my, on Stitcher or whatever it is, I'll go back and, and look at the, the web page and click on links and everything while I'm still listening so that I can kind of make a deeper meaning for me. Yeah. And I, and I, I know you were listening to one of mine and you had made that suggestion because we were talking about something, I was interviewing somebody and you know, that particular document. So I'm mm-hmm. going to definitely be doing, um, I'm going to probably take the old blog that I had and turn it into some sort of show notes. I know that the, um, the person who does the cult of pedagogy, Jennifer Gonzalez, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. she d- not only does show notes, but she'll do entire transcripts of the podcast as oh, well, um, which I think is, um, a, a huge, um, thing to bite off. But, you know, I understand the necessity of that as well, because there are people who do want to read and I understand that. So, um, you know, I see that definitely morphing into, you know, the, the, the podcast comes first, the blog comes second versus the other way mm-hmm. around where it was just the blog. I also, the blog for me was always that moment where, you know, it was sort of that stereotypical, moment where you were sitting in front of your, okay, don't laugh, your typewriter with a blank piece of paper. Mm-hmm. And you remember that, you know, mm-hmm. writers are always like, that's the worst part of the process. Mm-hmm. And now I, you know, I'm just sort of stream of consciousness. So this is like, you know, great for me. Plus I just like interviewing because as I'm interviewing, I think of other things I want to say or ask, and I can capture that. Like, you know, I can, I can have the stream of consciousness as you're being exposed to right now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So you can absolutely. see it's like, <laughs> Well, I, you know, I, one thing, if you are thinking about taking your um, taking your podcast and you want to transcribe it, there's an app online called Trent, T-R-I-N-T. Um, I believe it has a it has a cost, uh-huh. but it takes your um, it takes you can you can have it listen to a, a radio program. You can have it listen to a podcast and it will actually transcribe your um, whatever audio you put into it, it'll record, transcribe it for you. Fantastic. That's good to know. Cause I'm thinking so, now like, okay, how am I going to do that transcript? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I, I, it, you made me think about it. I was like, oh, well, isn't there a tool for that? And I remembered 
uh, the Trent. So okay. I'm not sure if it's the best one, but I know it's one that you know could be useful. Uh, well, and I'm sure there's there's probably some alternatives too. I just haven't done any research on it, but I'll start there. For, absolutely. Um, yeah, sure. Um, so great. So turn into the Jiffy Pop podcast. Um, I want to give you another plug. You're our keynote speaker on day two of uh, Innovative BVSD. That's July 31st. And I'm looking on my schedule here to make sure I have the right time for you. I believe you are late morning, but I'm going to double check for those who might be in the Boulder Valley School District area. Um, there's an Innovate at BVSD website. Innovate at BVSD 2018 is what you search on, and you can kind of you can see everything there is to see. Um, there is a, a, a fee for out-of-district attendees. Um, it's a very small fee. Uh, yeah, your keynote is starting, I think, at like 8.30 in the morning on the 31st, so we're really excited about that. I also want to plug your book. You want to mention your book as well? Yeah, that's sure. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's called The Makerspace Book of Green Screen Projects, and it's uh, 25 projects that you can – um, basically, depending on your children's reading level, you could give them the book and they could um, work through the projects. Or as a teacher, what I found is really helpful is just working through the project so that you have a sense of how the tools work within one another. And then that can be an inspiration or a jumping off point for your students to explore green screen in a wide variety of ways, you know, beyond just the newscast or the um, switching out of background. Sure. Um, so that's, I'll be doing a couple of workshops there at BVSD as well on green screen. Yes, you are. You... And yeah, and so uh, in, each first, in each of the two workshops, I'm going to be giving away to one lucky person a um, deluxe green screen kit, courtesy of We Video. Uh, it's got uh, a green screen, it's got a clapper, it's got storyboarding, it has green screen t-shirts for the kids. It's pretty awesome. It's going to be a pretty awesome giveaway. In fact, that box is sitting in my house right now. Awesome. <laughs> Awaiting your arrival. Awesome. <laughs> um, we are also going to be hosting, um, you, you and uh, Shauna and I and Aubrey are going to be hosting a slow chat starting the week of July 23rd, um, kind of around uh, Innovate, but um, larger questions we're going to be talking about, uh, four C's and creativity, kind of sticking with that theme. And um, if you want to follow along for the slow chat, um, which I think I have here somewhere in front of me, if I can find it. Um, Let's see. We have a couple of different hashtags. Obviously, they, they can follow you at Todd Burleson, um, uh -huh. and that would be great. And then, um, of course, my computer is just lagging a little bit here. So let's see. We've got hashtag Innovate BVSD. Um, again, following you can pick up on that on July 23rd. And we're going to just be asking. I think it's, a, it's almost like a question a day I think we have planned. Um, mm -hmm. as we lead up to that. So we're really excited about that. And anybody, whether you're attending the conference or not, can participate in that. Um, so do you have any questions for me? Anything you wanted to ask me about before we head into the conference? Or <laughs> we could do that offline, I suppose. <laughs> um, not really. I feel like we, you guys have done such a great job of kind of giving me, you know, opportunities throughout the whole planning process to be able to talk with you and guide um, the conversation. I, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm pretty looped in and I'm, I'm just really looking forward to meeting everybody and uh, talking about things that I'm passionate about. Uh, we're, and we're super excited. And again, we appreciate the fact that this wasn't one of those things where you just call up somebody and they're like, oh yeah, I have this particular keynote. I'll just deliver it. I mean, you have been really <laughs> right. great about working with us to like customize it and understand the things that we're really, um, we're, we're really focusing on this year. So we're very excited. Todd, thanks so much for taking time out. I really appreciate it. And um, I will definitely get the podcast posted probably within the next 24 hours. And you can have the great pleasure of listening to your, yourself. Um, I, ne I never <laughs> listen to myself because I can't stand it. But 
Well, I in listening to the first you know podcast that I did with Jen, I feel like I sound like Kermit the Frog. So hey, <laughs> the Frog. It never crossed my uh, mind once. <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh, it sounds terrible. Um, but thank you, thank you for the opportunity, yeah. and I am so looking forward to coming out to Boulder. Okay, we'll see you soon. Okay, thank Thanks. you.